Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or you can download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 8, 1 through 15 called Frogs, Frailty, and Freedom. ancient world, if something went wrong, there wasn't the kind of medical technology to intervene in the same, same way as today. And so many women in the ancient world, in giving birth to children, we even see this in the Old Testament, died in giving birth. Sometimes the baby died as well. And I want to tell you that the Egyptians, we might wonder, well, why would, why would people seemingly so sophisticated like Egyptian people worship a frog goddess, because they were just like us. They were people who were afraid of overwhelming things. And they knew that women died in this process. They knew that it could be a very dangerous thing. They knew that there were no guarantees. And so they had a goddess around it to try to calm their fears. And rather than calling out to the God of the Bible, the God that you know made everything, the actual God that breathed life into everybody, they called out to this false goddess. But there's nothing new under the sun, brethren. Because there's people all over Corona and Riverside and Yorba Linda that are doing it right now. Oh, it has different expressions today. What we trust in is what we're getting at. What we truly believe can help us and save us. We often look to all the wrong places. This was the goddess of labor and delivery. And... The Egyptians cried out to her. Haket, they worshiped the creature rather than the creator, Romans chapter one. And there's, you know, this subject is not an easy subject. I mean, I look out at a room like this and I know there's loss. We have, we have an abortion epidemic in America, but we also have miscarriages and we have SIDS and we have Things that have happened where children sometimes get cancer. And, and we're like, Lord, what do we do? And, and we're often afraid. Let's, let's admit it. We're afraid of a lot of things. How do we find solace? And how do we make sense of stuff like this? Philip Riken, who's written an incredible uh, commentary on Exodus, says, I think of my mother-in-law, Elaine Maxwell, who lost her son the day after he was born. During her pregnancy, she was exposed to rubella. So Jack was born with a hole in his heart. It was the kind of loss that a mother never forgets, which probably explains why she, when she walked into an art show 25 years later and saw a sculpture of a perfect baby boy, she burst into tears. It brought back the memory of such grief that she had to leave the exhibition. But when she returned, she noticed that the baby was resting in two strong hands And the sculpture bore the title in the hands of God. And since this is where she had left her son in God's hands, the sculpture is now displayed in her home. Close quote. I've mentioned this before, but there's a lot of of you new to us at Living Truth. On the front row is my mother-in-law and my mom. And there's two stories of loss right here in our own family. And my mom lost uh, twins 
uh, before me and my sister is here and before we came along. And uh, they were born premature, and it was back in the 60s. I was born 30 years after that, just so you guys know. <laughs> just kidding. And I told you guys about a telephone call. I was, uh, I was doing a sermon. I can't even remember the exact context of it, but I, I called my mom. It was about God's sovereignty and stuff. And I said, Mom, uh, the, the baby boy that she lost was named Michael William. That's my name. So I called my mom up one day, and I said, Hey, Mom, uh, if he would have lived, would you have had me? And there was a pause on the phone. <laughs> and I was like, ruh ro." <laughs> And she said, well, Michael, if they would have survived, I'm not sure that you would have entered in this world, but God had a plan. That's my mom. My mom's a theologian. Did you know that? <laughs> and then beautiful Anne here and my beautiful wife, Brenda, Anne lost Bobby many years ago now. Um, I know you guys were there. You watched it. He was six, almost six years old, died of leukemia. So here we are, right? This is life. And so what do we do? Well, I'll tell you what the Egyptians did. They wore frog amulets, necklaces in the shape of a frog. And there was a prohibition in Egypt that you couldn't kill a frog because the frog was sacred. Any of you been to India before? You'll watch cows walking the street because the cow is sacred. It has to do with the milk of the cow. And they won't do anything to the cows. And there'll be people starving, but the cow was considered sacred, so you can't deal with the cow. I had a a friend, and he was attending a class, and he said he had an Indian uh, professor from India. And there was an in-and-out close to the school And so many of the students would go out and they would have a double-double at lunchtime. And this Indian (laughs) professor would say, many of you went to In-N-Out, ate a double-double, and you just ate my mother. (laughs) Has to do with the mother's milk. And he goes, and even though you've eaten my mother, I forgive you. And then he would go back to his lesson. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, says about the Egyptians, something like this. You want frogs? Okay, you got them. And Spurgeon, in his great style, says, These be thy gods, O Egypt. Enjoy them. It's almost like the Israelites when they said, We're sick of the manna. We want meat. We want meat. We don't want manna anymore. God says, You want meat? I'll give you meat. So it's coming out of your nostrils. And all God's people said, (laughs) And the Nile, verse 3, will swarm with frogs, which will come up and get, go into your house, Exodus 8, 3, into your bedroom or bedchamber, on your bed, into the houses of your servants, and on your people, and into your ovens, the last place you expect a frog, a hot, dry oven, and into your kneading bowls. Frogs, frogs, everywhere. The frogs, much like the plague of blood, was going to be sweeping and very inconvenient. 
These slimy, unsanitary, unpleasant amphibians were about to invade the land, croaking and peeping throughout all Egyptian households. We picture, says one writer, an Egyptian mother pulling out her mixing bowls and then screaming, ah, as she discovers a frog in the dough. Now, I like pizza. But I used to work at a pizza parlor and people wanted anchovies on the pizza. And I thought, why do you want those little fishies on your pizza? It ruins everything. But how about frog legs on your pizza? (laughs) Anyway, apparently that's what was happening. The frogs were everywhere. They were teeming, swarming. The same word is used in Genesis 1.20 where God says, let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures that the birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. And God multiplied the frogs. Frogs were making house calls, ringing the bell, (laughs) heading into the bedrooms. This is a very personal plague. You might remember that when Pharaoh uh, saw his Egyptian magicians replicate in some fashion through their secret arts, the plague of blood, he walked into his house. This is where we left the last uh, narrative, almost the last couple of verses. Pharaoh walked in his house like he just didn't care. Waved his hand in the air like he just didn't care. Whatever, my servants will dig up water for me. See, my magicians did the same thing. Whatever. But now, the frogs were everywhere. And by the way, in the ancient world, people did not sleep on elevated beds. They slept on mats on the floor. And the evidence we have is Egyptians, when they went into their houses, took their shoes off. (laughs) Yeah, froggy was everywhere. You've heard about the three little bears? Well, this is a lot of frogs. It points to Pharaoh's frailty, which is part of our title, his vulnerability. He's supposed to be a god. He's the ruler of the most powerful nation of the world. And he's got frogs everywhere. Sleeping in your bed. Dancing on your head. Even partaking of your bread. No more froggies jumping on the bed. But there they are. (laughs) What do you do now? You can't kill them. You can't call an exterminator. They're sacred. It's the god Hecat. She's everywhere, pulling up the covers at night with you. You turn over and rivet, rivet, rivet. (laughs) There it is. You might start to get used to the frogs. Have conversations with them. (laughs) Oh, froggy, you're the only one that really understands me. (laughs) And so the frogs will come up. If you have a New Living Translation, they will jump on you, Pharaoh, on your people, and on your servants. It would seem that the Pharaoh had become the special target for a group of frogs. They weren't too terribly concerned about his royalty. (laughs) It seems like, you know, when he did the thing, I don't care, I'm going back into my house, people will get water for me. God said, okay, well, you will care now. Frogs are not dangerous, but they're a bit of a nuisance. Amen. And so this is what's happening. It says in Psalm 105, 
God turned their waters into blood, verse 29, caused their fish to die. Their land swarmed with frogs, even in the chambers of their kings. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. We are in the holiday season. Families and friends will soon be preparing for a Thanksgiving feast with football playing in the background. Friends will gather around the table for delicious turkey, complete with stuffing, cranberry sauce, creamed corn, and mashed potatoes. Don't forget about the sweet pumpkin pie. You express your thankfulness for your family, friends, church, your hobby, work, and everything the Lord provides. And after all the conversation and fun games, a food coma will follow. Thanksgiving is truly a wonderful day. We appreciate you spreading the word about our program and praying for our ministry. We are forever thankful to our Walk-In Truth Financial Partners too. The Lord is using you to help keep this broadcast and podcast reaching people daily on this radio station and around the world. Pastor Michael Lance and the team here at Walk-In Truth are sincerely grateful you are listening to this broadcast. Hello, this is Mike Rizzi, one of the staff pastors at Walk-In Truth. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth and have a happy and blessed Thanksgiving. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. It says in Psalm 105. God turned their waters into blood, verse 29, caused their fish to die. Their lands swarmed with frogs, even in the chambers of their kings. Psalm 105, 29 and, 23 and 30. And the Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch out your hand. Now, Bible students, what we have here is an implied encounter between the uh, Moses and Aaron and the Pharaoh, we, the, the writer Moses does not give us the exchange. It's to be assumed by the reader or the hearer that they said what they said to the Pharaoh and he refused. They said, let my people go. They warned the Pharaoh of a plague of frogs. And the Pharaoh said, I don't know your God and I'm not letting them go. It's implied here. The narrative kind of shifts a little bit. So the implication is they said it and Pharaoh said, no. So Moses says to Aaron at God's instruction, verse five, stretch out your hand with your staff over the rivers, over the streams, over the pools, and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt. And so Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. So many people are so quick to want to uh, give us naturalistic explanations for the uh, plague of frogs. It simply doesn't work. This cannot be attributed simply to, for example, they say, well, the Nile was plagued, so all the frogs left the Nile. But the plague of the Nile killed marine life, so how would that add to the frog population? Very unlikely. By the way, God is on both sides of the miracle as well. The cleanup described in verses 13 and 14 is also by the hand of God. He allows many of the frogs to literally croak or die, and they're piled up in heaps, we'll see in a moment, So the timing is all God's. The multiplication of the frogs is all God. And Psalm 78, 45 says, God sent among them swarms of flies, commenting on the Exodus plagues, which devoured them, Psalm 78, 45, and frogs, which destroyed or devastated them. 
the Bible's commentary on the plagues is that God did it, not natural, not naturalistic explanations. It just doesn't fly. It doesn't meet the biblical criteria. And get this, and the magicians did the same. Now, after this particular plague, they won't be able to replicate anything more, but they did the same with their secret arts. What did they do? They made more frogs come up on the land of Egypt. Pharaoh, we can do it too. Watch our trick. Not a rabbit in the hat, a couple of frogs in the hat. Watch. Rivet, rivet, rivet. I don't want more frogs. I want less. What good are you guys? We can do it too, Pharaoh, watch. We need a few more frogs around Egypt, don't we? (laughs) No! I want you to get rid of the frogs. Tap Froggy on the head and poof, make them disappear. Can you do that? Uh, No, not in our repertoire. And so once again, whatever the means, whether satanic, whether sleight of hand, the secret arts added to the misery of the people. And that's all that the occult will do for you, my friend, is add to your misery. It adds problems. It doesn't take it away. If you're a Christian, a professing Christian, and you're messing with the occult, just know you may get some answers, but ultimately it's going to lead you to a dark place. Don't do it. Trust in God. Don't go... Get your palm read or don't go messing around with seances or that kind of thing. That is forbidden for the Christian. And what it says is that we perhaps don't trust the Lord. They couldn't eradicate the problem. And Pharaoh, I'm sure after hoping his magicians could deal with it, called for Moses and Aaron. That had to be a tough call. And he said... Not to his magicians, but to Moses and Aaron. Entreat, literally intercede uh, to the Lord. Notice Bible students, verse 8, it's all caps. That's Yahweh. That's the name of God that he gave to Moses. And notice that Pharaoh says it twice. He says, entreat the Lord that he may remove the frogs from me, now it's personal, and from my people, and I will let the people go that they may sacrifice to the Lord. There it is again. There's Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, the name of God. Pharaoh knows God's name, but he doesn't know God. It's possible to know facts about God, but not know God. And Jesus said eternal life is to know him, amen? Not just to know of him, but to know him, to walk with him. Pharaoh knew his name. Pharaoh knew the source of the plague. Pharaoh knew who could take it away, who was responsible for it. He is fully culpable now, amen? He's got knowledge. He's got understanding. He's even a man who's asking for prayer. And many a desperate person asks for a minister to pray when they feel powerless. And I've been in that situation many times where I get a phone call and I go out somewhere and I don't know if this family knows the Lord, but I'm still to be an ambassador of hope, amen? I'm still to go out no matter what the condition of that life or household would be. After all, my goal is to reach people with the love of Christ, the same love that captured me. So here's a desperate Pharaoh. Pray for me. 
Ask God to take away. Could you imagine how much pressure, if there was email, email at the time or texting, how many emails and texts he must, he must have gotten? How many people were saying, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this. Help us. We can't take it anymore. People are committing suicide. People are going crazy. Come up with a plan. What do you do when you've exhausted all of your resources and you're supposed to be a god? And so Pharaoh reached out. And Moses and Aaron showed up. And Moses said to Pharaoh, nine, okay, Pharaoh, the honor is yours. You tell me, when shall I entreat or pray for you and your servants and your people that the frogs be destroyed from you and your houses, that they may be left only in the Nile? If you have an NIV, it says, I leave the honor of setting the time for me to pray for all of you to you. The honor is yours, Pharaoh. Give me the time. Pick the time when you want the frogs to go away. Set the time. Somehow, the Pharaoh knew divine intervention would come through human intercession, says one writer. God honors prayer. Amen? I don't understand all the angles of it, but I know Jesus said men ought always to pray And don't lose heart. Pray. Jesus prayed. We should pray. And it's not about your posture. And it's not about the length of your prayers. And it's not that you pray in King James English. It's just that you pray. Because when you pray, heaven is enlisted. When you pray, you are crying out to your creator. You are connecting with your creator. He wants you to know him. But Pharaoh knew that he didn't follow God, so he had to get somebody else to pray for him. Sometimes I think people inside and outside the church feel like they're unqualified to pray and they got to call a professional. We better call the pastor. This is a a big one. (laughs) Frogs are everywhere. Might be able to get rid of a a turtle. (laughs) Just pick it up. But a frog? Ugh. And Moses doesn't say what some of us would be tempted to say. I ain't praying for you. I'm glad the frogs. There might be a couple frogs on each of his shoulders right now. I'm glad the frogs are on you, Pharaoh. You deserve it. I hope you croak. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Now, some of you would be tempted. Not me. (laughs) But I say to you, love your enemies, Jesus said. Pray for those who persecute you in order that you may be sons of your Father who's in heaven. For your Father causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good. You've been listening to Frogs, Frailty, and Freedom, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 8, 1 through 15. And if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. 
please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month or give a one-time gift. Visit walkintruth.com to give. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, here it is Thanksgiving week, and we, as we deal with frogs, frailty, and freedom, we are approaching a day when we celebrate, we give thanks. For what? Well, there's so much for us to be thankful for, especially as Americans. Thankful for, first and foremost, my Lord and Savior. Thankful for all the bountiful blessings that he's bestowed upon my life. I'm thankful for my family, my friends, my church family. There's so much to be to be thankful for, and I just want to say we're thankful for you, our listening family, our partners in radio ministry and podcast ministry. And you may be a podcast listener, and you may have thousands of people listening every month around the world. And it's been really humbling and amazing to see what God has done with Walk in Truth. And we're grateful for you. And so I just want to encourage you to to give thanks this week to maybe— uh, every day leading up to Thanksgiving, rattle off at least a couple things in prayer that you're thankful for. Maybe send a text or two this week and say, hey, I'm thankful for you being in my life. I'm thankful for your influence in my life. Uh, you can be a blessing to others by being thankful for them. And remember, we always give thanks to God because he's the one who's bestowed every gift upon us. He is good. Well, we'll see you right here tomorrow as we deal with more of the plagues in Egypt. God bless you. We'll see you then. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 8, 1 through 15, called Frogs, Frailty, and Freedom. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walking Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.